0: It'll be the same family more like rain doing raids for money oh my breath for 10 and my bead for 20 you're listening to wild dogs <laughs> Hello and welcome to Wild Dogs. This is Ghost Dog coming to you on the 11th of May. I've had an interesting week actually and it reminded me very much of Life Before Burning Crusade and then again Life Before Wrath in that I I got to a point where I was a little bit bored with what I was doing. That's not to say that there wasn't stuff to do that I had not done because obviously there is quite a bit that I've not done yet uh, case in point I haven't even set foot into Eldor yet and I would really like to however I'm debating whether or not I actually want to go in there with my chamois I know that the chamois is at the moment not ready to go in there I'd have to do quite a bit of Nax raiding and, uh, and and what not to really gear him up so that he would be prepared either that or Alternatively, hit the arenas so that I can get him that gear. Um, but again, that's um, that's that's not as good a solution, obviously. And again, it's as much as I love the shaman and I love questing with the shaman and I love just fooling around with the shaman, getting into all manner of trouble and hitting up old instances and whatnot. And I think that the versatility of the class is amazing, simply amazing. And that's coming from a, a diehard Druid player as well. Um, I believe, of course, the the versatility of the Druid class is the same kind of thing. It's, it's simply amazing, especially when put in the right hands. I'm, I'm not suggesting I'm necessarily in those hands, but you know what I mean. But what I'm finding is that you got to keep in mind that I've been playing this game now for over four years. I, and I know a lot of people... Other people have as well, too. I was in the open beta, and I've been playing for a bloody long time. I've done the healer, I've done the tanking, and with the Shaman, it was more of a hybrid style play that was a DPS. However, I'm reaching a point where I'm getting somewhat tired of the the manner in which both Blizzard and other players regard hybrid players, especially hybrid DPS players, and especially certain classes even. Certain classes and even certain specs, I'll go so far as to say. There's a, there's always that flavor of the month, and so you, you can, with whatever class you are playing at a, any given time, still have a lot of fun in the game because they haven't gimped your class or spec. But there are certain classes that are always going to be needed uh and I'm not talking about again the healer or the tank it's the pure dps class you're always going to need those in instance runs and it's always about who has the biggest ep and it's funny that you know a lot of players start off wanting that top of the charts kind of mentality and I'm only at this point now thinking you know what again I've done the healing I've done the tanking I did do um dps on my boomkin for a while and she was doing phenomenal in battlegrounds again this is back when um, battlegrounds honor decayed which is something that a lot of players don't no so if you don't go do a little bit of research and understand that back in the day it used to be one hell of a pain in the ass to grind on her so she used to be fairly good dps as well she she did very very well as a matter of fact especially because i'd gotten quite a bit of gear for her at that time however she still was a hybrid, which was fine, and I truly love playing a hybrid class because, again, you're not just doing mashing four buttons. You're, there's so much more that you have to keep in, in, in mind. But I'm at a point now where I really I would like to have a DPS class. I would like to have a very, very effective DPS class. I, I've played others to, to fairly high levels. However, again, I'd like to get 1 to 80 now. And maybe take that one into Alduar and whatnot. I do have, uh, I still have my my feral druid. Well, actually, I've respected her again with that last free respec. I respected her with uh, dual spec with Boomkin and with resto. And she's sitting at 73 seventy three and a half, so she's got a while left to go. But I'm thinking that when she hits eighty, for the most part, she's going to stay resto, and that will be her 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 role to play. And I'm fine with that she I would have no problems taking into any instance because I've done the healing on her and I know that it is phenomenal but again for a DPS class again I've I've done so much with the right now the enhancement shaman and I am at a point where I'm getting a little tired of having to constantly justify the class and justify the utility that they bring as opposed to just the DPS and it's not always the case but it is often the case and I'm at a point where I would like to just you know go in completely obliterate mobs and top out the DPS charts and go home happy and so I've been looking at what class that I would like to to take to to 80 for that I actually have an undead rogue who is at 60 and she is very dangerous she's a blast to play Um, however she's on the horde side and lately I've been playing more the alliance side with a buddy of mine well a couple of buddies on that realm so on the old realm that she's on basically I don't know anybody anymore which isn't an entirely bad thing but again I've been enjoying playing the the alliance side so I was thinking with my buddy I should should state. Um, So I've been thinking about, again, a new class of what I should be playing, and it is between basically the mage and the hunter, in my opinion. I've got a warlock that is up to level 32, I believe. 32, maybe 33. And I know that warlocks can be very, very dangerous. However, the warlock really relies on not just their talents back, but also how much Blizzard feels like punishing you at any given day. Because uh, <laughs> they can be doing very well and then take a couple of nerfs and then be doing terrible. Now, that being said, Terry, who does this show with me periodically, has a, a, a warlock in his guild that he swears by and says that he is always at the top of their charts whenever they're running anything. So I checked out his spec, and uh, and so it's something that I will consider. I will slowly level up that Warlock again. However, again, I would like to have... And, 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 and it almost boils down to, again, either your mage or your, your hunter. I could, of course, do Rogue as well, but I wouldn't mind doing a caster DPS or a ranged DPS, I should say, simply because, again, the chamois is... Melee class, and I still intend to play him, so I'm gonna have that up close and pers- personal um, play style with him, with him, anyways, as well as with the death knight that I'm slowly leveling. I, I know I've got a crap load of alts, and that's partially the, the reason why I'm not getting one to the highest level. But part of the problem, too, is that if you have a more casual play style, which in around this time of year, spring and summertime. That is a lot of people. Guilds are always having problems this time of year in holding on to their players and making sure that those players come back for their raid spots because people have those wonderful summer barbecues and time outside, time with the family, bike rides, everything else. And so my time is even less in-game right now. And when you're looking at progressing at 80 in terms of your gear and whatnot, then you're looking at running instances, you're looking at doing stuff like that, which is a nice chunk of time there that more often than not, I just don't have, especially this time of year. I do have time, I shouldn't say more often than not, I do have time to do that throughout the year. But in the summertime, really, I'm not finding that much time to play. And to be honest too, more often than not, I don't feel like wasting that much time. This is a good time to make that alt and to fool around. Or if you are just playing with your main, to do other things that are not quite as time-consuming. Like making money and keeping up with your dailies and whatnot. But again, I wanted something different. And now, I've played mages before. I've played them, however, not very high. I've only played, uh, I believe it was an Alliance one that I played to low 30s, perhaps. And I had a, a Horde one that I played to low 20s. But that was literally in the first six months of the game if probably even less than that actually we're talking a long long time ago and there was just something about the class that i was not crazy about and, and i mean it's like that for everybody certain classes click with you and certain don't and the mage for some reason just did not click with me so i decided you know what it's been like three and a half years they are a phenomenal dps obviously the hunter's I've played quite a bit, although never any to the max levels highest I've gotten. One was mid-40s, I believe. So, and I do enjoy Hunters a lot. They are obviously incredibly easy to play. Um, and they are, they do a fuck ton of damage. Um, Andy, who's done the show with me as well, has an in, just an incredible Hunter who tops the charts all the time. The thing is, right now, too... Blizz has said that they know that the hunters are doing, they feel the hunters are doing more damage than they should. They are head and shoulders above the other DPS classes, and so they are going to be toned back a little bit. So again, between the hunter and the mage, I decided that I would give the mage a shot. And I did Twitter about this a little bit, and we we're asking—I was asking people for their opinions in terms of what makes a mage fun to play, without going into the obvious portal um, portals. Because, I, and it's not that I was discounting portals as something that is unbelievably good for a class so much as the fact that I know it's unbelievably good for a class, so I don't need to be reminded of that. So, I want to know what it is about the mage that. Makes people play the class. Again, I I do understand that certain classes click for certain people. So it just might be that that class just isn't for me. But again, I decided to give it a shot and I got in there. And granted, he still hasn't even hit 10, but I'm already feeling it. And I know you got to give a class a chance. I mean, it takes a long time for some classes to get to a point where they are actually fun to play. I mean, Helm, Enhancement, Shaman really doesn't become fun to play until the mid-40s. And at that point, it's insanely fun right up until 80. Now, with the Mage, I don't know when that happens. When is that moment where all of a sudden it's fun to play? Because I got to tell you, One of my biggest problems that I have with the class is the fact that I am constantly drinking. I was Twittering saying that if I had to take a real life drink, whenever my mage had to, I swear to God I'd be passed out on my keyboard within a couple of bubbles. That's all he does is drink all the goddamn time. And to me, that's not fun. It's it's it's, it's very time-consuming. And you're literally just watching the mana slowly going up. I just... I'm not having fun with that. Now, I do know that once you can spec into Frost, then at that point it is much more mana efficient. You're not killing as fast, but it's more mana efficient. And then you are not sitting down quite as often. So I will keep playing him... Until I've gotten several points in and hopefully we'll get better because in all honesty, it's I I, again, he hasn't even hit 10, but I'm already at the point where I'm ready to give up. It's just not fun. So, I, again, I, I know that you got to give him a chance, and I and I will keep at it. I'm, I made him on my second account so that I can have my Shami actually pulling him through a whole bunch of instances and whatnot to make it easy to gear him up and to get him some experience from quests and whatnot. So it, it won't be as difficult to actually level him up. But it is still, at this point, i got to say, I... It's just a pain in the ass. Last night, just for shits and giggles, I actually created a little hunter. I got the fucker up to seven... Eight, actually, in like under an hour. It was insane. It was, it was... Boom, boom, boom. And again, the hunter is a class that I do find fun to play. And the hunter is actually a class that up until you get your pet doesn't even really come into their own. It's when you get that pet at 10 that you realize, holy crap in hell, I was killing shit slow before... And again, they level so fast. So I'm going to be working on both of those slowly as I feel to like just sitting down and playing for half hour or so kind of thing. And going to put the other ones on hold for, for again, a little bit. I do have the, uh, the Druid being leveled by my, my son, which is just fantastic to have your own little farmer in the house. Not so much farmer as leveler, but yeah, it's just great. I love it. Um, and I just pay him occasionally and he's a happy boy. So, uh... So anyways, uh, this week as well, actually last week I picked up a, a, and this is not an advertisement, by the way, nobody's paying me to say this and nobody is advertising on the show, but I picked up a new mouse and a new keyboard and I figured out what the hell might as well mention it on the show because it is worth mentioning too. I picked up a a Razer Death Adder mouse and if anybody's looking for a new mouse, it is just a fantastic mouse. I uh, had to replace my Razer Viper that I had way back in the day I used to do hardware reviews for a variety of products and um, I used to do for for mice for and for computers from motherboards video cards processors, you name it and I'd gotten some Razer products to review as well and I'd I'd absolutely love them back then I had a Viper and a Diamondback and I still I still have them both although the, the Viper the left click button finally gave out on it and so when it came time to replace it I got this Death Adder, and I have to tell you, it is just phenomenal. You wouldn't necessarily think that a good mouse makes a big difference when you're playing an MMO, but it does. It actually does, especially if you are in a frantic kind of play style, and whether that be an instance or an arena or anything like that. It is very nice to have that good mouse, and I've got a fairly big screen, so with that real estate, again the. Most makes a big difference. And I also picked up the um, the Merc Stealth keyboard to replace my old Z-Board again the Z-Boards I'd gotten to review as well and I quite like them but there's certain things about the Z-Boards that I don't like and how they fold and how the splits are and whatnot and I've been finding with mine what's happening is that some of the buttons underneath that folding keyboard have been getting bent and not popping out properly so what's happening is that those keys don't work then. So it was basically, it was time to replace it. The Merc Stealth as well, I do have to say, is a phenomenal keyboard. It's been fantastic. I haven't had any problems. The macro buttons are working great. So yeah, very, very cool. In other loot information kind of news, the uh, the tickets obviously are going to be going up for BlizzCon and everybody's talking about that. Everybody's been wondering what is going to be in loot bag and blizzard has said that they're not going to be announcing that until all the tickets are sold however a very very interesting pet has been found on the ptr and people are assuming it will be for blizzcon i swear to god if i had the money to buy the ticket. It's the same as the Murloc Gladiator. If I had the money just to buy the BlizzCon ticket, even though I know I can't make it out there, I'd love to, but I, I can't afford to be buying the flight and the, the accommodations and all that. But just to buy the ticket to get this sucker, I swear to God, I would. It is Drunty, the Murloc Marine. And this is, of course, because of the Starcraft um, and the opt-in beta right now that's going on. But this sucker is just... Too fucking funny. Go to MMO Champion and they have a video of him in action as well. His his animated sequence is phenomenal. He's got a big ass goddamn gun and he's shooting it off and it's sen- sending setting him off balance and whatnot. So yeah, it <laughs> yeah. Anybody who can afford the tickets who is heading out there, you guys are gonna have it made if in fact this is the pet that's gonna be in it and. I see no reason why. Wouldn't it's going to fit in perfectly with the theme of BlizzCon? So yeah, good on you guys. Um, In other news right now, Insidia got the world first for the rusted proto-drake. And there is a video for that as well up. It's up at uh, WoW Insider as well as uh, MMO Champion. And so you get to see it in action. And you get that for the 10-man achievement, uh, Gloria, the Undoar Alduar Raider. And so, yeah, it is just a... Gorgeous mount, big-ass goddamn mount, and it is 310 speed as well. So it is very, very cool. It looks fantastic. The, the yeah, it's the rusted proto-drake. So anyways, go and watch the video there. You, you'll you definitely be impressed. I uh, I Again, I'm still working on all of my mount's achievements on the chamois. I've been doing crap loads of barren runs. Maybe that's also why I'm getting sick and tired i tired of playing the chamois because I'm getting fucking tired of the Baron dropping everything but that goddamn mount. And so, yeah, I absolutely detest the bastard every single time I have some interesting words to say to him. In uh, other flying mounted news, there's, there's an interesting video that was uploaded. There, there's somebody who got fed up of all the people bitching about the fact that you can't fly in Azeroth still and saying that it shouldn't be that big a deal to revamp old world Azeroth so that you can take your flying mounts there. And of course, I would love to be able to do that. Everybody would love to do that. It would be so much easier. Plus, it would be cool to see Azeroth from that different perspective. Like, both the Burning Crusade and Northrend look significantly, I shouldn't say Burning Crusade, Outlands, Outlands and Northrend look significantly different from the air than from the ground. And you really get a sense of appreciation in terms of what kind of work went into the designing Once you're in the air and you're looking down, especially if you have a decent computer system that you can crank up the settings and you have a decent-sized monitor so that you can really see off in the distance and appreciate, again, the scope of that world. So it'd be interesting to see Azeroth from that angle. However, what this person did is they dove into the code and they actually flew over Azeroth so that you would get an idea of how many shortcuts were taken because that's the problem that blizzard said it would take too many man hours to revamp it all and for what really there's there's so few people out there anyways for the most part and as they're introducing hero classes that can start at 55 there's even less so what's the point of revamping a world that very few people are going to see so again it all makes sense. And once you see the video and you see just how many shortcuts are there, like, of course, you know, there's quite a few. I mean, when you're seeing trees that are paper thin from different angles, you can only imagine the mountains and the everything else. Well, it is paper thin everywhere. There's no dimensionality to so many different zones. And there's zones where, again, the cutting of the textures is very very apparent there's no blending whatsoever so yeah it's a very interesting video head over to uh, wow insider and i'll put the link in the show notes as well so that people can see it it's very cool and again it does as the user was indicating it basically tell people to shut up and stop asking for this because look at how much work would be involved and yes blizzard is making more money than everybody right now, but that doesn't change the fact that it's not cost effective to spend that money on zones that are not going to be used. And again, Azeroth simply is not at the moment. You see very people in there. Speaking of Blizzard making fuck-tons of money. It was interesting to read how they are at the top of one chart and nearly the bottom of another. Blizzard was ranked number one, uh, the number one gaming company, and that uh, was from develop 100 oh i'm going to pull it up right now yeah develop 100 and they talk about the it ranks the world's most bankable games development studios based on a variety of key criteria including sales data critical success and industrial standard industry standing so yeah so blizzard was ranked number one and then ironically however their game their little darling that makes them all this money was ranked 86th on another top 100, this one, however, was from um, VG Charts. Now, VG Charts is very console-based in terms of their fan base. So it's not surprising that a PC game didn't quite make it quite as high. Although, really, 86th out of 100, that is really not that impressive. However, I do have to say that, in my opinion, this top 100 best games of all time lost all credibility at 99 that's all it took for me 99 99 is portal i mean give me a goddamn break you're honestly telling me that of all the games made that you're only going to put portal at 99 that's like i said lost all credibility at that point when fire emblem radiant dawn can score better than portal No, no, we have a problem here. And yeah, credibility gone out the window. Good care less. But yeah, it's an interesting list. Although so far they have only gotten, they've only posted the uh, three separate posts there's the 191, and then the 9281, and the 8271, I believe. Yeah. And so I'm still waiting to see what is actually going to be number one on their list. Although, again, I've. credibility is pretty much gone, but I'm still curious how they're going to rank all the other games out at the moment. So that's that's a little bit of news there. Moving on to the... Hold on one second here. Yeah, I was reading as well about the Hammer of the Ancient Kings. Actually, I'm going to read off the entire post simply because it's worth noting. There was a blue post on the legendary... Valinir, Hammer of the Ancient Kings. And so a lot of people have been speculating about it. A lot of people have been diving into, again, the code to see the stats and whatnot about it. And this is, of course, the hammer that is put together with the shards. Now, I'm going to read you off the blue post on it which is interesting because as it gives you more information too it's important to note that there is a lot of guild drama occurring right now because of those shards and who is getting access to them it's not always deemed to be fair and depending on your guild the who the healers are what the raid attendance is whether they're going with dkp or anything else you might not get any shards for a bloody long time if ever so And again, it's one of those, yeah, well, it's made to be legendary. So, of course, it's going to be harder to get your hands on. True, but it shouldn't be impossible or nearly impossible kind of thing. It's going to be one of those things wherein only the people who are on all the bloody time are going to even have a chance at this. But that's neither here nor there. So, Bornak was saying, We've received many questions about how the proc works on Valinir, the Hammer of the Ancient Kings. While we originally intended for this effect to be a mystery, we realize that guilds now know what the tooltip on the proc says without necessarily knowing the details on how it works. This leads to situations where a healer may not know if assembling the hammer is worth it for them. Hint, it is. And perhaps even worse, a misinformed leader may not think you deserve the hammer. Hint you do. Players also wonder if the proc makes the item deserving of its legendary status, given that the stat allocation is normal for items of its item use or sorry, item level. Hint it does. The effect reads your healing spells have a chance to cause blessing of ancients ancient kings for 15 seconds, allowing your heals to shield the target, absorbing damage equal to 15% of the amount healed. The way this works is that when the proc happens, which is a 10% chance whenever a hot or direct spell heals, with a 45 second interval interval. In, uh, internal cooldown. You gain a buff, the blessing on yourself. Now, all of your heals for the next 10-15 seconds cause an 8-second damage shield. The shield stacks with itself. It includes healing done by the sh- uh, subsequent ticks of existing hots on the target. Note that the spell has to be act- note that the spell has to actually heal so hots ticking on a fully healed target cannot cause the proc. however the shield is based on the size of the heal itself, not the amount healed i.e 100% overhealing will not proc the blessing on the healer but the shield itself including overhealing once the blessing is active the shield can grow to a maximum size of 20,000 damage absorbed anyways it goes on from there i'll link this in the show notes as well so make sure to do check it out because it is very good information about this it's a, it's a very good mace for a healer it's going to be an amazing mace for healers the only problem right now that is occurring is the loot drama that is occurring for those shards if your guild is organized enough with their loot that this is not going to be a concern then it's going to be amazing once you get a healer perhaps even more uh, that's something the that ghost crawler talks about too Says if you're lucky enough to have two hammers in your group then they will both contribute to the same bubble like there's going to be some very cool effects from this once you have at least a healer in your group that has it the only problem right now is of course going to be the amount of time that's going to be warranted in getting one, because even if you're the first person chosen to receive it, because what's happening more often than not is that you have one person that's deemed to be the recipient of the first hammer. And so all of the shards go to this person, and then you got the second one and the third and whatnot. It's not like all the shards are being allocated equally as time goes on, because then it would take far too much time for everybody to get their hammers. Better to take turns however again depending on your place in that raid slot and depending on in and in that healing slot to get the hammer you might not get this for a bloody long time if at all because you never know what's going to happen with raids and with raid groups they can all go to shit pretty fast we've seen that and anyways like i said interesting loot drama it's going to be interesting to see what happens um Speaking of loot drama too, not so much loot as gear drama. Uh, there's some nerfs right now on the PTR. And some different items have been nerfed down, including the Furious Gladiator staff, the Furious Gladiator's great staff, and the, what's the other one? The guys of the, of the Midgard Serpent, they've all had their um, their agility or their attack power. Really take one hell of a hit. The gladiator's staff has gone from a hundred and or sorry, 210 agility to 105 agility. The furious. Great staff has gone from 224 to 112, and that guy has dropped the attack power from 162 to 146. So they are noticing that there's a little bit too much damage there, and so they are nerfing those suckers down. But that is one hell of a hit. Also being changed is the requirement for the level two hundred and thirty nine weapons in the arena. They are going to be changed from twenty two hundred to twenty three fifty. And as Krygil, Krygil, whatever, says, as a result of the above. Improvements. This change will prevent an excessive number of players from reaching much higher ratings and acquiring the highest grade of weapons in-game. The increase in rating requirements is designed to keep the number of players able to to obtain these Arena weapons on par with the number of players who are able to obtain the same grade of weapons from heroic Alduar. With Arena Season 7 launches, we plan to return the highest-rated Season 7 weapons back to 2200, while also ensuring that the difficulty in achieving the rating is closer to what is intended, yet on a similar difficulty excuse me, Jesus, for all the brackets rather than being easier for 2v2. So again, change for your arenas if you are in there. I have not been in there, but I do intend on getting there as soon as I get a chance. I haven't, I've missed actually being in the arenas and it would be f- fun to, to find a, a good group. Unfortunately, right now, the, the good groups seem to be your, if you're on 2v2s, seems to be your rogue and shadow priest. So it's 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 a little disappointing when you are only as good as your class is in there and not necessarily as good as your abilities or spec is but that's not necessarily something that we're not used to so all that just to say I am looking forward to getting back in there and another blue quote worth mentioning, the blue quote of the day if we will, is from Valnoth and he was saying, we made a hot fix yesterday to several hard mode loot tables in order to spread around Algalon's weapon drops to make the items more accessible. Algalon still has loot that is unique to him, but the acquisition of the weapons in Alduar won't be so soul-crushingly difficult and ultimately unfair to certain class slash builds. So it turns out we don't hate you. Casuals winning again i love that fantastic um other news that we've got going on right now is actually not too much there is only the wow trading card game that is coming out with their new scratch and sniff cards the ones that you can input into the game and the prizes this time around are the boring ass one of course is the path of Scenarios, which basically leaves a trail of uh, flowers behind you. The Ogre Pinata is basically places a candy-filled pinata beside you. Again, not that big a deal. But they're getting into the mounts quite a bit as well. It's it's too bad it's so difficult to get them, and it's too bad that they're so bloody expensive on eBay because they are goddamn cool. And this one is the Magic Rooster Egg, which when uh, activated summons and dismisses a rideable Magic Rooster. And it's a very fast mountain. And it's a big-ass rooster. Seriously, it's a big fucking rooster. (laughs) <laughs> it looks interesting. It looks cool. I mean, it certainly doesn't look pimp, but it looks cool. It'd be interesting to have, and it would add another one to your, another mount to your, your achievement, basically, at this point, is all it's going to be good for. But uh, but I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of people. It's certainly not as pimp as the uh, the Spectral Tiger, but it is still cool to look at. You can uh, check that out as well on the MMO Champion site. Anyways, that's going to be a wrap for tonight. If you want to find out more information, information of course go to wowdogs.com d-a-w-g-s you can find us on itunes as well please leave us a review let me know what you think you can follow me on twitter as well at twitter.com slash wowdogs and you can email at wowdogs at gmail.com any comments submissions whatever and that's going to wrap it up like i said for tonight i will talk to you guys next week take care Just as a note here, I am actually editing this show a day later than I recorded it. So yesterday I was talking about um, Grunty, the Murloc, and saying that I assumed that it would be for BlizzCon. The advantage of editing a day later is that sometimes you get some breaking news, and sure enough, Grunty is going to be at the uh, in the BlizzCon bag, the goodie bag. The good news, if you have a couple of dollars to spare, is that if you buy the DirecTV uh, pay-per-view you also are going to get good old grunty so that if I'm not mistaken is about $40 so it is an option to you something else that I wanted to talk about quickly too is that I got an email today from all of era on the frost main on the EU realm and they were they sent me an email saying hi I'm a listener of your podcast and I heard you talk about the netherwing mounts that you can only get one You can get all by visiting an NPC in Netherwing Ledge. Yes, you have to go there again. He can sell you all the mounts you want. 200 gold, though. Not very cheap like the others. So, just a note. Thank you very much, Olivera. I appreciate it a lot. I guess I will be going back to that goddamn ledge again to get the mounts once I've raised enough money for them. So, that's it for tonight. Thanks. Another quote from a blue that, uh, speaking of blue quotes, this, in my opinion, is the blue quote of the day. It's from Valnoth, and he says, we made a hotfix yesterday to several hard mode loot tables in order to spread around Algalon's weapon drops to make the items more accessible. My God. I can talk and I have only had one beer, so please bear with me. Agalon still has loot that is unique to him, but the acquisition of the weapons in Alduar won't be so soul crushing difficult. Soul crushingly difficult. I, I should probably restart. I should probably. I won't. Won't be so soul crushingly difficult and ultimately unfair to certain class builds. So it turns out that we don't hate you. Casuals win again. So I've screwed. Uh, I definitely will have to redo it. Cause that sucked ass. Okay, bear with me. you no matter the